0: Hi everybody, it's Derek, and this is your Foreign Exchange's World News Roundup for Saturday, February 4th, and Sunday, February 5th, 2023. Uh, We do have a couple of anniversaries uh, from Friday on February 3rd in the year 1509. It's the anniversary of the Battle of Dew. I have a uh, piece on this at the website if you want to check it out. Uh, Basically, it was a a naval battle between the uh, Portuguese, who had just recently uh, figured out that whole trip around Africa to get to India thing. Uh, They fought against a combined uh, Gujarati Mamluk, and by Mamluk, I mean the Egyptian Mamluk's uh, fleet uh, at the port city of Dhu, which was in Gujarat. Uh, The Portuguese won uh, the victory. Long story short, uh, they did not take the port, however. Uh, Their commander realized that he probably couldn't defend it, so he took a very large cash payout instead in lieu of uh, seizing the port. Uh, But the battle did kind of announce the Portuguese arrival in India and made it clear that they would not be driven off and that they were going to be there uh, for a very long time, Um, much to the, I'm I'm sure, uh, great excitement and pleasure of the Indian uh, people, because that all really, really worked out great. Uh, Also on February 3rd, 1966, the Soviet spacecraft Luna 9 became the first man-made object to make a soft, recoverable landing on the moon. The craft then sent back a series of photographs of the lunar surface before losing contact on February 6th. Uh, On February 4th, 1789, on a wonderful day, George Washington uh, became the first president of the United States. Uh, 10 of the 13 states participated. Uh, North Carolina and Rhode Island had not yet ratified the Constitution, so they couldn't participate. And I guess New York, uh, the New York state legislature took too long to select a slate of electors. So uh, they were not allowed to participate either. Uh, but George Washington, uh, unanimously uh, in that he won all 10 states, Uh, it wasn't that all the electors voted for him, but all 10 states, the majority of the electors backed him. Uh, And of course, John Adams finished second with 34 votes, uh, which at the time was how you became uh, vice president in what proved to be a fairly unwieldy setup. On February 4th, 1861, representatives of seven U.S. states, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, and South Carolina met in Montgomery, Alabama to draw up a preliminary constitution for a new country. Uh, Texas would soon join once the results of its February 1st referendum were tabulated. Uh, This Montgomery Convention, as it became known or is sometimes known today, uh, formed the basis of the future Confederate States of America, the short-lived Confederate States of America. Uh, And on February 5th, 1810, a French army began the two-and-a-half-year Siege of Cadiz, uh, which uh, had by this point in the Peninsular War become the capital of the rump Spanish government that was resisting Napoleon's occupation of Spain. The defenders managed to hold out they even took the time to write a new Spanish constitution. It was later discarded, so it didn't uh, actually matter. Uh, but eventually, the Duke of Wellington led a joint British Spanish Portuguese army uh, to victory at the Battle of Salamanca in July 1812, uh, which suddenly gave uh, the French general, and I'm going to mangle this uh, Jean de Du uh, gave him uh, uh, some bad feelings about the possibility that his own uh, besieging army could be cut off. And besieged itself. Uh, and so he lifted the siege and retreated. The Peninsular War, of course, continued until Wellington uh, and the rest of the Sixth Coalition defeated Napoleon in 1814. I want to take a brief second to uh, mention, because I, I wrote about this in the written newsletter, but if you're just listening to it, you won't see that, uh, World Politics Review, which is a, a site, a publication that I use quite a bit. Uh, I, regular readers will know I link to their pieces uh, with some regularity. Uh, and I also read uh, their stuff uh, all the time to try and you know help Um, you know, my own kind of understanding of world events. Uh, WPR uh, has sponsored tonight's Edition of foreign exchanges, so I'm very pleased uh, to announce that uh, folks who uh, are familiar with Alex Thurston, one of our contributors here at FX, he's been he's written for uh, WPR on a number of occasions. So it's a it's a good site. I I, I recommend it. Um, there's a link uh, in the written newsletter. If you go uh, click there and check it out, uh, where you can sign up for their free newsletter. You can also get information on uh, a paid subscription at a substantial discount. So uh, please check that out. Um, uh, again, I'm really, really happy to uh, have them sponsoring tonight's uh, edition. and I hope it, uh, hope it helps them uh, kind of pick up some some additional readership because it, it really is a worthwhile place. Uh, so please do that. Check that out. Sign up for their free newsletter and, and think about uh, a paid subscription if you can. Uh, and uh, okay, I'll, I'll stop now and we'll get on uh, with the show. Uh, On to the news. In the Middle East, uh, in Turkey, Turkish authorities say they've arrested 15 people related to recent warnings from various Western governments uh, about potential Islamic State attacks in Istanbul, but they can't find any evidence of, quote, concrete threats, end quote. Supposedly, IS operatives have been planning attacks against Western consulates, churches, synagogues, a whole uh, list of possible targets in Istanbul, uh, which has prompted uh, those governments to close their consulates. Uh, and issue a slew of travel warnings. The Turkish government, uh, as we mentioned last week, I believe on Thursday, uh, has been very angry about these warnings. They're worried about uh, the impact that they might have on tourism. Uh, In Israel and Palestine, Israeli occupation forces conducted another arrest raid on Saturday this time targeting a Palestinian refugee camp in the West Bank city of Jericho. Uh, surprisingly, they don't appear to have killed anyone in this case, uh, but at, at least 13 people were wounded by, among other things, an Israeli anti-tank missile. Uh, the refugees didn't have any tanks, as far as I'm aware, so the rationale for using that weapon in the course of this raid, or even for bringing it along, is unclear. Uh, in Gaza, meanwhile, the Israeli army reportedly shot down a small aircraft on Saturday. Israeli officials didn't go into any detail, so it's not clear clear. what this thing was or whence it came, though they did stress that it was not a projectile weapon. So there was no threat uh, as such, I guess, uh, from this thing. Uh, Meanwhile, tens of thousands of people demonstrated in Tel Aviv on Saturday in opposition to Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and his cabinet's effort to strip the Israeli Supreme Court of much of its authority. These protests have taken place every Saturday for the past five weeks, and there is no evidence to suggest that they've affected Netanyahu's decision making in any way. In Iran, Iranian Supreme Leader Ali Khamenei has reportedly agreed to a conditional amnesty for people arrested amid the protests that began following the death of Masa Amini back in September. The conditions involved make it unclear how many of the 20,000 or so people, according to human rights organizations, uh, who have been so arrested uh, would actually be impacted by this amnesty or be able to get it. Uh, anyone found to have cooperated with foreign agents and or, quote, groups hostile to the Islamic Republic and, quote, need not apply, nor will the offer be eligible to anyone accused of arson or to those already sentenced to execution. A couple of those conditions are vague enough that the Iranian judiciary, which is not all that hung up on details like facts and evidence, could probably apply them to anyone. Uh, The amnesty could be good PR for Khamenei with Iranians who don't necessarily support the protesters, but also don't necessarily agree with the government's crackdown. Onto Asia and Pakistan. Pakistani police reported on Saturday that their forces had killed two Pakistani Taliban uh, or TTP commanders. I put that in quotes. That's what the term they're using. In an operation in Khyber Pakhtunkhwa province. Uh, They also arrested four TTP fighters and seized a quantity of weapons. The two commanders were apparently wanted in connection with several killings of police officers and attacks on security outposts. In Myanmar, the ruling junta imposed martial law on Friday and 37 townships deemed to be strongholds of resistance. Among other, among other things, this means anyone arrested in these areas for any of a number of criminal offenses will be tried before a military tribunal with no possibility for appeal except in death, death penalty cases. Uh, authorities had already imposed martial law in 11 townships in Yangon and Mandalay, uh, but these new additions appear to be less urban, uh, and they are believed to be areas where the uh, Myanmar security forces uh, have encountered uh, the People's Defense Forces militias that are uh, opposed to the hood and allied with the uh, opposition government. Uh, In uh, Chinese news, and what will undoubtedly go down as one of the finest operations in all of military history, U.S. Air Force F-22 aircraft courageously shot down with a missile and everything. The Chai Com balloon of death on Saturday after it had meandered out over the Atlantic Ocean off the coast of South Carolina. The U.S. Navy is attempting to salvage whatever remains of the Chai Com balloon of death, probably in hopes that our engineers may determine by what sorcery the Chinese Communist Party was able to make this device float in the sky they'll probably also try to figure out what targets the CBOD surveilled and whether any of them warranted the three-day national conniption fit uh, this balloon triggered. Uh, Any national sigh of relief over the CBOD's destruction must immediately be tempered by news of a second Chai balloon of death that is reportedly flying over Latin America, which is a pretty big place, admittedly, uh, but specifically it seems like it was over Colombia uh, over the weekend. It's unclear what the Chinese government might be looking for there. A good Arepas recipe, maybe, Uh, but whatever is happening, for some reason, I don't see the entire nation of Colombia spazzing out the way the U.S. did, which shows, I think, what they know. Uh, The Chinese government, for its part, has maintained its admittedly kind of stale weather balloon story and criticized the U.S. for downing the device. Of course, now that they know they can get the U.S. to send out very expensive fighter aircraft to use expensive missiles to shoot down a hot air balloon, maybe they'll start sending balloons into into U.S. airspace more frequently moving forward. I really hope so, because this has been a lot of fun. Uh, In Africa, in Burkina Faso, at least 18 people were killed in two apparent jihadist attacks uh, attacks in Burkina Faso on Saturday. The larger of the two incidents involved an attack on a town in northern Burkina Faso's Sahel region in which at least 12 people were killed. In the second incident, six soldiers were killed when their patrol struck a bomb in the Est region. In Niger, at least nine people were killed in an apparent jihadist attack on a refugee camp in western Niger's Tahua region on Wednesday. Uh, Nigerian officials announced details of the incident on Saturday. The facility houses people displaced from neighboring Mali by the same jihadist violence. Uh, At least one person was wounded and six more are still missing in the wake of the attack. In the Democratic Republic of the Congo, someone fired on a helicopter used by the United Nations DRC peacekeeping force over the eastern DRC's North Kivu province on Sunday, killing one peacekeeper. There's no indication as to either responsibility or to the weapon used to attack the vehicle. Certainly, there's no shortage of armed militant groups in that province, but it is unclear how many of them have armaments that could actually target a helicopter. On to Europe and specifically Ukraine, where Wagner Group boss Yevgeny Prigozhin indicated on Sunday that his mercenary fighters were engaged in street fighting against Ukrainian defenders on the northern outskirts of Bakhmut, which is the city in Donetsk Oblast Uh, that's been the focal point of Russian Wagner attention for several weeks. Uh, If accurate, this would suggest it's the beginning of the end of Bakhmut's defense, though I suppose only time will tell. Uh, In his Saturday video address, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky didn't go into detail about the situation at Bakhmut, but did say that the the situation there, uh, as well as in a number of other places in Donetsk, is, quote, very difficult, end quote. Elsewhere, Russian shelling knocked out electricity to the Black Sea port city of Odessa on Saturday. Uh, Authorities had restored critical systems later in the day, but some 500,000 people are estimated to have lost power, and it could be some time before it's fully back on, and that assumes no further Russian attacks. Uh, The Ukrainian and Russian governments concluded another prisoner swap on Saturday with 63 Russian and 116 Ukrainian POWs reportedly being freed. The Russian defense ministry mentioned the release of prisoners in a, quote, sensitive category, end quote, uh, which could mean accused spies, uh, but that's not certain. The UAE apparently brokered the exchange. Uh, Ukrainian defense minister Oleksiy Reznikov may be on his way out of a job according to a Ukrainian lawmaker named David uh, Arahamiya uh, he would be transferred to a lesser ministry rather than sacked outright the reshuffle may be prompted in part by the advances Russian forces have made in Donetsk lately uh, but Reznikov may also be a casualty of the food procurement scandal that's roiled Kyiv over the past couple of weeks uh, the Ukrainian military has reportedly this is recapping we covered this but the Ukrainian military has reportedly been paying Well above market rate for food supplies, which likely means that somebody is siphoning the excess cash off into their own pockets. Uh, Zelensky has fired a number of officials over this scandal. Uh, And while to my knowledge, Reznikov himself hasn't been implicated, he was still defense minister when it happened. So there is sort of a buck stops here uh, type of thing happening. Uh, In Cyprus, Cypriot voters went to the polls on Sunday to elect themselves a new president, uh, with incumbent Nikos Anastasiades prevented by law from running uh, for re-election. As expected, former Foreign Minister Nikos Christodoulides uh, won the first round, but finished with 32% of the vote, which is well shy of the 50% line required for an outright victory. He will face former UN Ambassador Andreas Mavroyanis. I'm butchering all of these. I can tell, but I'm, I apologize. Uh, he slightly exceeded uh, Mavroyanis slightly exceeded pre-election polling by taking 29.6 percent of the vote. He was kind of hovering in a uh, dogfight. It seemed like for uh, second place to get into the runoff, um, and and actually wound up doing a little bit better than polling. Uh, so he will uh, join uh, Cristo uh, in the February 12th runoff. Uh, every head-to-head poll featuring these two candidates, uh, has had Cristodolides winning, usually by a fairly hefty margin, double digits, um, maybe even 20 to 30 percent, uh, margin. So it's likely he will emerge victorious. Uh, In, if those polls are accurate, I should I should say, Uh, in the Americas, uh, in Peru, the Peruvian government on Sunday widened its current state of emergency in the southern part of the country to encompass seven provinces: uh, Apurimac, Arequipa, Cusco, Madre de Dios, uh, Moquegua, Moquegua, sorry, uh, Puno, and Tacna. Uh, All of them will be under state of emergency for at least the next sixty days. Uh, Interestingly, authorities did not extend their current state of emergency for lima which is set to expire on april on february 13th excuse me uh, i say interesting because protests are continuing to rock the peruvian capital demonstrators came out en masse again on saturday after congress rejected yet another plan to advance peru's next general election to sometime later this year Uh, And finally, in the United States, Spencer Ackerman of Forever Wars outlines what a a real blessing the Biden administration has been for the arms industry. I'll just read you the first couple paragraphs uh, of his piece. It's a great time to be alive if you're in the business of manufacturing and selling things that kill people at scale. The latest State Department statistics on the state of the domestic arms industry and the U.S. is the world leader, so you'd expect, as you'd expect from a reigning if embattled, global hegemon, are eye-popping, so much so that a leading arms industry and Wonders if they represent a new normal beyond the war in Ukraine. According to the latest roughly annual tally of U.S. arms sales released by the State Department last week, the U.S. defense industry registered $205.6 billion in arms sales during fiscal year 2022. That number encompasses both the $51.9 billion in hardware the U.S. government sells directly to foreign governments, known as foreign military sales, and the far larger $153.7 billion those governments buy from export-designated U.S. arms manufacturers, which is known as Direct commercial sales. Uh, using prior state releases and a Congressional Research Service report for recent historical comparison, that's something of a peak. Total value foreign military sales and direct commercial sales were 138.2 billion in fiscal 2021. Uh, $175.08 billion in fiscal 2020, $170.09 billion in fiscal 2019, $192.26 billion in fiscal 2018, $170.03 billion in fiscal 2017, and $151.5 billion in fiscal 2016. Although, once inflation is factored in, though I caution, uh, this is Spencer, I've got caution that I've done about all the math in this edition that I'm capable of, Uh, $205.6 billion may merely rival the high points of the extravagant Trump years rather than exceeding them. Uh, still, it's, uh, it's great to see these guys doing well. Uh, you know, I know times have been tough uh, all around, but especially for the, the weapons manufacturers. And, uh, you know, they, they put out a great product and and uh, they should, uh, you know, it's good that they're doing, doing well these days. Uh, on that note... <laughs> Uh, I want to thank you all for reading and or listening to the newsletter. Uh, I want to remind you again to please check out the link to World Politics Review uh, and sign up for their free uh, email list, their free newsletter, if uh, if you're interested. Uh, it's in tonight's newsletter in the written version. Uh, and... Um Also to thank all of you who are Foreign Exchanges subscribers, especially those of you who are paid subscribers to Foreign Exchanges. Uh, As ever, you make it possible for me to do all this work. Uh, It would not be possible without your support. Uh, And on that note, uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a new Alex Thurston piece come to think of it tomorrow. Uh, So please keep an eye out for that. Uh, Until next time, take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.